Hello and welcome back. My name is Mark and once more I will be your guide on this, the Learning Management System Podcast. So uh, in previous episodes, we've talked a little bit about the educational technology industry to whole, as a whole and where I think that that is heading. Um, in, in our last episode, we specifically talked about some of the open industry standards and protocols, uh, which are being currently used by learning management systems to allow them to not only cross-talk a little bit with each other, but also to integrate with student information services uh, and other kind of back-end tools to make your life a little bit easier. So today, uh, what I thought we would do um, is we would uh, take a look at specifically several learning management systems uh, that are quite big in the industry at the moment, um, go through um, just very briefly some of their features, some of their benefits, some of their drawbacks, um, and see if we can't suss out uh, perhaps what learning management system might be right for your institution uh, when it comes time to update or uh, change systems. So, to get things started, uh, I'd like to start with a company called Blackbod. Um, Blackbod uh, is currently a company that is somewhat in transition. Uh, they've previously made learning management system software, um, but it wasn't quite so consumer friendly as one might like. Um, and as a result, they recently, as of last year, merged with another company called Whipple Hill expressly for the purpose of acquiring a little bit more user-friendly design. Um, now, Whipple Hill uh, had what I call the on-suite. Uh, so they had on-board, which was an enrollment management system, on-message, which was a content management system, on-campus, which was their learning management system, and on-record, which was a student information system. So in short, uh, they pretty much had the whole package. Um, now, I say that Blackbot and Whipple Hill are something of a company in transition uh, because all of the documentation that I'm reading on their website suggests that Whipple Hill's on-suite of products may be about to get the Google Voice treatment. In other words, they won't kill it, they'll just let it languish until they replace it with something better a few years down the road. Um, one sign that this might be happening is that Blackbot is offering on their site to sync data between the on-series and their own native series of apps but that data synchronization is only one way. Um, so in other words, your data can flow out of Whipple Hill stuff into the homegrown BlackBot system, uh, but not the other way around, uh, which in my opinion is a real shame because the On series really looked like a solid set of tools with a friendly interface. Uh, and BlackBot's own homegrown system, while serviceable, did not look quite so user-friendly. Um, the tools seem good, like I said, but the friendliness just isn't there. Uh, it also seems to be, um, there does seem to be a tremendous amount of overlap between the two product lines, which further suggests to me that uh, one of them is going to be going away. Um, now, that being said, um, should you choose to go the BlackBot route, because they have com committed to continuing to support Whipple Hill's product line, um, what are some of the benefits of doing that? Well, uh, in my opinion, integration. Uh, because boy is this thing integrated. Uh, provided you want to live in the BlackBot universe, uh, the integration between all of their s products here uh, seems to be pretty tight. Um, now, as for drawbacks, because like I said, this is something of a company in a holding pattern, uh, so I'm not really sure what's going on here, uh, but the biggest uh, drawback to me seems to be the duality of service. Um, their new pricing scheme hasn't really been decided yet, uh, and as a result, it's hard to say how good of a deal it is, and more importantly, what kind of support the various products will receive in the years to come. 
uh, like I said, they've committed to getting maintenance support, uh, but if you're looking to hitch your horse to an LMS SIS system, it would be really nice to know you're hitching yourself to the company's flagship and not to a product which has kind of been put out to pasture. Uh, so, who is this thing for? Uh, in my opinion, this is definitely built with private institutions in mind. Um, is well known in the industry as sort of being mostly used by private institutions. And the fact that they even have a billing software suite um, is really all the proof you need right there. Uh, they also mention on their website that they're great for private institutions. Despite that fact, though, uh, I think it could work well for a public institution. Uh, you just choose not to use the billing components of the software. Uh, and this is also great for those people who really want tight integration between the record-keeping back-end and the student-parent-teacher-stakeholder-facing front-end. So the next learning management system that I'd like to take a quick look at uh, it goes by the name of Haiku. Now, Haiku is something of an interesting product. Uh, and I'd like to sort of explore it with you for a moment. So what is it? Haiku is both something that an individual teacher can get an account for and start using right on their own, um, which is really, I think, the most attractive component, uh, as well as something which can be deployed in a school district on a more widespread basis. So what are the benefits to this? Um, because it can be used on an ad hoc basis by individual teachers, it has the benefit of being an LMS of preference. Uh, in other words, a teacher might be more inclined to use it because they can choose to. Uh, Haiku gives teachers a range of options to post various media and resources for students, parents, or the wider world uh, to consume. Uh, and although the individual version does have a free tier, based on the storage constraints and the low number of active classes, the teacher would most likely end up paying at least $5 a month for the service, which amounts to about $50 a year. Uh, but that service is pay-as-you-go, so uh, should you decide or realize that you don't need that tier, uh, you can immediately stop paying and you'll just fall down to the free tier. This uh, learning management system, one enormous benefit in my mind is exams. Um, this thing can make the process of testing much easier for teachers uh, and potentially for students as well. Uh, so if you're dealing with a student who already uses computers in the classroom for things like classwork, uh, this can be an excellent option. In fact, I would even go so far as to say a teacher could choose to use Haiku as nothing but a giant test quiz aggregator and still get an enormous benefit out of it. Uh, and I say that because this is, like I said, a learning management system of choice to a certain degree. Uh, so if you're in a district where you don't have a learning management system that's set up or the learning management system you have doesn't really do a great job uh, with quizzes or tests, not a problem. What you can do is, for your classes, simply direct your students to Haiku, to your Setup Haiku website, when it comes test time. Uh, so the idea being that you kind of run it uh, the same way you would run a class website or anything else, where it's just something that you have that your students and your parents know is available, that you use, um, and it might only be used for that particular function. That is fine. Um, what are the drawbacks here? Well, uh, in my opinion, it's not so much a drawback as an observation. While this LMS does provide for importing of data through industry standards such as IMS um, or common cartridge, um, other LMSs are a little more tightly integrated into full ecosystems that encompass everything from attendance and grading to providing students access to resources. So additionally, ubiquitous access, which in my mind is something of a deal breaker, 
um, could be an issue here because they only have native, native apps for Windows 8 and iPad, uh, which means that there is no native app for the Mac. Um, there isn't uh, native apps for Android, uh, which if you care about native applications on platforms, which you may or may not, uh, the web app may just be, may be fine for you, uh, but there is no native application beyond Windows 8 and the iPad. Um, it should also be noted in the area of industry standards, um, while they do support some of them, uh, their support is not necessarily 100%. So Haiku, for example, only supports common core cartridge imports, not exports. So if you have common cartridge modules which have already been created for courses, you can import them. Uh, but if you create anything in Haiku and later want to get out, uh, you can't export them the same way. Um, LTI, uh, which is an IMS standard, LTI is supported, but only version 1.0, not version 1.1. Um, both of these things suggest to me that uh, Haiku's dedication to those standards might not be um, quite as strong as some of their competitors, which again is not necessarily a knock against them, but is something to keep in mind. So who is this for then? Honestly, I think this particular tool will best serve individual teachers who can use it or drop it at will. Um, if you're going to go with a large-scale deployment across an entire school or district, I would choose an, a vendor which provided a little bit more vertical integration and or broader support for um, industry open standards, uh, just so that you know that the thing you're getting isn't going to limit your choices elsewhere for things like a student information service, um, or a course and content management system. So, uh, moving on from Haiku, uh, another one, and this is a granddaddy in the industry, um, is Blackboard. Uh, and they have Blackboard Learn amongst other products, but Blackboard Learn is their big one, their marquee product, their learning management system. Uh, so Blackboard Learn, um, is a learning management system which also incorporates elements of content management systems and um, it is easy to see why this learning management system has long been a staple in the industry it features integrations with various student information services and support for ims and ils protocols so things like common cartridge uh, are supported here as well as lti um, so what are the benefits Blackboard seems to be a company which has an extensive understanding of educational theory and practice uh, and uses that knowledge to design a product which is not only functional but thoughtfully centered around better pedagogy. Um, and that is something which I didn't necessarily see a whole lot of in other products and it was quite interesting and compelling. Um, a lot of the language that they were using to describe their products would be very familiar to anyone who works in education. Um, it's clear they have a, gr a deep understanding and appreciation for teachers and the way in which they work uh, and for incorporating learning theory into their product. Um, another benefit is that grading. Um, grading is a big focus for this one, and I'll be honest, it struck a chord with me personally, uh, as grading was always something which, um, 
was kind of a drag. Uh, so grading of assignments is um, a great deal of, of energy has been spent on making that a component of this LMS. Uh, so they support things like inline grading, um, not only in documents, but also in blogs, journals, wikis, discussion boards. Um, and additionally, in these various areas, a rubric creation system is present too. Uh, so you can have an inline rubric uh, as well as inline grading. Um, and something which I wish um, the school in which I worked, their LMS system had supported, um, you, when you grade in line with these assignments, you don't then have to go back out to the gradebook and import the grade you already gave it. Uh, if you give it a grade while you're going, it saves that grade into um, the student information service and pops up right there so you can just keep going. You don't have to put in grades twice. Another big component of this learning management system uh, that really caught my attention was the assessment component. Um, and the fact that assignments and assessments are heavily featured uh, comes really as no surprise to me as the entire philosophy of Blackboard seems to be focused around the idea of artifact and evidence-informed practice, um, of which daily assessment activities and larger summative assessment activities play a role. Uh, so to that end, Blackboard allows teachers to tailor assessments for individual students, uh, giving them more time, allowing uh, more than one go around should that um, be required, uh, as well as flexible start and end dates. And like I said, this is per student. Um, so this might be particularly useful if you have students with a 504 plan um, who require more time than their fellow classmates. or. Um, students with some sort of um, 504 plan where they get to take the test more than once, um, you can essentially whitelist those individual students to take this test more than once or have additional time or have a flexible start and end date uh, without affecting the rest of the test takers. Uh, so to a certain degree, no one has to know. Um, so this could really be a tool for differentiation uh, in terms of testing. Um, on that on the, to that end, um, if you wanted to give a test that was online but were worried about your students going home and taking the test again or just going home and like staying home and taking the test um, on their own computers, uh, tests can be restricted to a set of whitelisted IP addresses. So it ensures that students can only take the test on the actual machines you want them taking the test on, which is huge. Um, grading features. Uh, like I said, while you're looking at a submission, those scores auto-populate without you having to leave what you're doing. Um, you can also grade individually by questions. You can alter your grading on a question-by-question -question basis. Uh, you can also, if you give a test, for example, most of them are multiple choice, but there's one question that you really want to read over yourself uh, and you don't necessarily want the computer grading it, you can do that. So you, you can say, I'm going to grade question 22, uh, or I'm going to grade question 22, 70, and 85. Uh, and you can actually grade on a question-by-question -question basis. Uh, you can also choose to have it be to have it present you things anonymously. Uh, so if you decide that you want to grade these things but don't want to see the student's name who submitted it, you can actually have the computer temporarily remove it um, in the interests of perhaps providing a more equitable grading environment. Um, and yes, I did just use the word equity on an education podcast, and so I expect, expect a torrent of emails and tweets. Um, now, interactive rubrics, that's another feature that Blackboard offers. Um, and 
at this point, you might be thinking that Blackboard offers a lot of features, and you wouldn't be wrong. Um, for example, they offer um, integration with McGraw-Hill, which is um, a prominent textbook publisher. Uh, and so McGraw-Hill has deep hooks into Blackboard Learn and has some special little goodies that they can do. I would suspect that this is something which Blackboard would be open to expanding to other publishers, uh, but I'm unsure about that. Uh, it certainly seems like the kind of thing which could be beneficial to other publishers as well. Um, there are also analytics which are available to help align course objectives and standards with instruction. And the best part is that students get to see some of these too. Uh, so they get to see objectives, standards, and these analytics, which um, at least, you know, from what I understand, that's the ultimate goal, is that students should be aware of the objectives and, and standards by which they're going to be measured and which have been set out for them. Uh, and so this gives them, to a certain degree, uh, information that, you know, previously it might not have been terribly practical to share with them. Um, to that end, uh, administrators, uh, if you're an administrator in a building using Blackboard, have access to additional analytics that allow them to evaluate the effectiveness of their curriculum as a whole across the entire system based on the data which has been put into this thing. Like I said, Blackboard seems to be um, really in tune with um, modern educational practices and, and educational theory and, and this idea of evidence-focused educational practice, uh, data-driven uh, educational practice, much more so than other uh, systems that I've looked at. Um, Blackboard also has, um, to a certain degree, mimicry of the physical space in the digital realm. So Blackboard Learn offers both a virtual course room um, as well as an office hours area. Uh, and this is presumably where a teacher, or if you were to use this in a higher education setting, um, or a professor, could park themselves virtually and receive students. Now, ordinarily, um, I would trumpet, I would, excuse me, shy away um, from trumpeting such skeuomorphic features where you're trying to mimic uh, something in the real world, in the digital world, without a whole lot of difference. Um, but occasionally, these kinds of affordances have real value. Uh, so here, it allows students and teachers the opportunity to interact with both the software and each other uh, in a more comfortable, familiar way. Um, so rather than you know scheduling a Skype conference per se, students know that if they log into essentially this chat room, the professor will be, will be there between four and five. Um, there's something to be said for a little bit of uh, continuity between the real world and the digital world. So to whatever degree that interests you, um, it's a nice thing. Um, another feature that this uh, platform has is they have multiple administrators on a school-by-school -school basis. Uh, so if you have five schools throughout your district, um, you don't have to assign one person to be the administrator for this entire system. Uh, you can actually assign an admin per school. Um, which means that um, you can have someone who is much closer on the ground, who has admin authority, who can take care of problems, make changes, that sort of thing, which I think is quite advantageous. Um, Blackboard also has Blackboard Explorer, which is essentially a content creation repository service for various different assessments, handouts, resources, media, you name it. Um, now, while teachers obviously are expected to pull from a great many resources to create classroom materials. Having one more repository in the back pocket is never a bad thing. 
Um, and there is support here for sharing of content across multiple LMS systems. So because Blackboard Explorer is built right into Blackboard, um, there's no need for importing or exporting, which is hugely convenient. So any teacher that dumps things into Blackboard Explorer um, and then goes searching for that content will be able to simply uh, add it right away. They don't have to download anything or import anything. Um, if it's in the Blackboard system, um, if someone's uploaded it, uh, you can have access to it right away. So uh, one last benefit uh, and this is actually an interesting one, more of a businessy thing, um, is that Blackboard has a new CEO. Um, the founder of Blackboard was their CEO pretty much from the mid-90s through to 2012, um, and he stepped down uh, with a new Blackboard CEO taking his place, um, really in the interest of revitalizing the company. Um, there have been some newcomers to the LMS space recently, and Blackboard has, uh, I'll be perfectly honest, lagged behind, uh, not necessarily in terms of features. Oh, as you've probably already gleaned, Blackboard has plenty of features. Um, but philosophically, Blackboard has kind of lagged behind in terms of what does it mean to be an LMS in the 21st century? What should an LMS do? What should be focused on? Uh, and that's something that um, Blackboard has lacked, that, that focus, that um, innovative drive. Um, but this new CEO um, has really started to turn things around. He's saying a lot of the right things uh, and is interested in pushing Blackboard uh, much more in the direction I think it ought to be um, and much more in the direction of its competitors like Canvas, which we're going to talk about here in a second, uh, which I believe currently uh, is probably one of the best and most forward-looking learning management systems to date. So what are the drawbacks to Blackboard? I know Blackboard sounds amazing. It sounds like it has all these features. It's wonderful. Uh, well, and it does, and that is definitely a reason it is a granddaddy of this industry. Um, but the drawbacks, um, one of them, the myriad number of features, which is so amazing, feature overload. Um, so according to a recent 2014 study of learning management systems and their use in higher ed, um, one of the less shocking findings was that most LMS systems are not being used to their fullest extent. Uh, now, this study only dealt with higher education systems, but I have to imagine it applies to K through 12 as well. Uh, accordingly, in my own personal opinion, while many of the features I've listed above are incredibly valuable and useful, uh, if an LMS feature exists but has no users, can it really be said that it is a feature? Um, Again, if it's buried under menus, if you have to go hunting to find it, if you don't know it exists, it doesn't help you at all. All it does is cause the team back at Blackboard to be losing focus because they're iterating and trying to make better a feature that no one uses. Um, another drawback, Blackboard uh, seems to offer a lot of its own homegrown course modules. In other words... If you want a Blackboard version of YouTube, they have one. A Blackboard version of Google Drive or Google Docs, they make one of those too. I'll be honest, that stuff feels like the past. Um, the age of the LMS trying to be all things for all people right out of the box is dead. I'll come right out and say it. 
um, third-party productivity and education ecosystems are far more mature now. Uh, things like Google Drive, Google Docs are very mature in their own right. Uh, Fluberoo, Doctopus, all of those tools really have kind of come into their own. Uh, and so the need for a learning management system to create those features within itself um, really uh, is no longer there. Uh, and these features now kind of feel like something best left to those who have them as their core business. Um, if you happen to be an iPhone owner, um, chances are you've got a folder on your iPhone marked Apple or junk apps or why is this stuff on my phone? Um, basically all the built-in apps that you don't use anymore. That's kind of what this feels like. Um, these things served a purpose way back when, um, but again, the third-party ecosystem has gotten to the point where the fact that they're there really suggests that Blackboard is probably spending even a small amount of time developing them when it shouldn't, um, which could be a problem. So who is this for? Blackboard, like I said, is the granddaddy of learning management systems. Um, to be honest, this is probably for someone who wants to play it safe, uh, who wants an LMS that's proven is going to be around for a while because this thing's been around for almost 20 years. Um, and it also has extensive compatibility with the various different open standards. Uh, so it's compliant with Common Cartridge up to version 1.2, which is the current version. LTI, so Learning Tools Interoperability, it's compliant up to version 1.1, which is the current version. Uh, it's also compliant with SCORM 2004, which is also the current version. Um, so as a result, you get a wide bevy of features with very little lock-in to a certain degree. Your data is portable, um, which is always a good thing. So that brings us, if you're still with me, to the final learning management system I want to talk about, and that is Canvas. Um, Canvas is a relative newcomer to the LMS market. Uh, they launched their LMS in 2008. So despite this, they're taking the educational world by storm, bringing some of the best lessons from consumer software to bear on the world of LMSs. Uh, so hearkening back to that first episode where I talked a little bit uh, about this idea that Enterprise software was on one end of the spectrum, consumer software was on the other end of the spectrum, and that educational software, I thought, uh, to be its best, would marry the, the knowledge and skills and lessons we've learned from both industries into this one sort of merger industry that is education. Canvas is doing that. Uh, Canvas feels very much like a consumer software product, but it's robust like an enterprise product. Uh, and like I've said previously when we were talking about Blackboard, um, it seems to have the most forward-thinking product that's currently on the market. So what are the benefits to Canvas? Well, Canvas has extensive compatibility with industry protocols and standards, um, and as a result, the ability to import and export to and from a wide variety of formats. Uh, so let me put it this way, it, if there is an open protocol, Canvas probably supports it. Um, so the cost of moving into or out of Canvas is going to be relatively small. Uh, Canvas supports common cartridge, all versions of the LTI specification, uh, and even supports SCORM content. Um, when I say that it supports all versions of the LTI specification, what I mean is it doesn't just support the latest one. It actually has backward compatibility for older ones, too. Um, 
Now, this doesn't really come as a huge surprise to me uh, because as a new entrant into the space, it behooves Canvas to support every standard under the sun um, because they really want it to be as dead simple as possible for you to get your data into their system. Now, another huge benefit to Canvas is that they were one of the first to create a semi-curated learning tools interoperability marketplace so that their users could easily find and add third-party tools to augment the power and utility of the LMS. Like I was saying with Blackboard, this, um, this is the way of the future. Blackboard currently has um, a lot of its own homegrown versions of third-party tools, so homegrown versions of things like YouTube, Google Drive, Google Docs. Canvas does what I think a learning management system of the 21st century should do. It acts as a platform. It allows those third parties to do what those third parties are good at, uh, which is being Google Drive, being Google Docs, being Dropbox, being YouTube, being Doctopus, being Fluberoo. And Canvas doesn't worry about adding those features itself. It allows uh, individual classroom teachers to pick and choose um, from essentially an app store of things that they personally are comfortable with and want to add to Canvas. So using this model, like I just said, individual teachers can choose which features and third parties they want to add to Canvas on their own, uh, which I think is incredible, is definitely the direction that this is going, especially as more and more people are comfortable with an App Store model of extending functionality. Um, another plus for the Canvas system is that the user interface is extremely friendly and streamlined. Um, they also, uh, just like Blackboard, uh, have some great analytics for quizzes as well as assignments. Um, so just like Blackboard provides very fine-grained granular controls for testing and providing quizzes, Canvas also gives excellent tools for seeing st how students have responded and for helping students to track their own progress. That being said, uh, on this one, I think Blackboard wins. Um, Blackboard gives you a lot more control over individual students and their testing, um, right down to the fact that, to be honest, Canvas doesn't have um, a, a separate section for tests. It has a separate section for quizzes, and presumably if you wanted to give a test through Canvas, what you would do is simply make a big old quiz. Um, that might not matter to you. Um, again, quizzes, tests, really, it's almost, it, it would be semantic to a computer. Uh, but I know for me, it kind of bothers me just a little bit. Um, one final benefit to Canvas is it expressly supports importing of course content from Blackboard products. So even though both Blackboard and Canvas support those open interoperability protocols, Canvas has gone out of the way to say that they will support import from Blackboard version 7, 8, and 9. This is really important because, like I said, Blackboard's a giant of the industry, and the likelihood that a school may be coming from Blackboard is very high. Um, again, Canvas being a newcomer, they really kind of have to open their doors wide to everybody and anybody. Um, they need to make it as easy as possible for you to get your stuff into them. Um, obviously, they're a newcomer. It remains to be seen whether they will be this open in the future. But given the fact that they are based on open source software themselves, I would bet um, definitely that they will, they will be this open in the future, and so getting your stuff out of Canvas shouldn't be a problem either. So what are the drawbacks? I clearly like this learning management system. Why wouldn't you? Well, 
Canvas doesn't have its own student information service. So while it does offer the opportunity to work with student information services by way of open standards and protocols, and they have offered to uh, provide customer support to make that happen, that integration is not always guaranteed to function perfectly. Um, simply put, they don't own the other side. So any sort of wonkiness that might happen, uh, they might not be able to 100% correct for it. So if you're really interested in tight integration between your student information service and your LMS, you might want to look elsewhere. Uh, but to be honest, that kind of tight integration, I'm not really sure is necessary anymore. Uh, and I think you can really get a good experience with Canvas um, and tying it into a third-party student information service. So this drawback, I wouldn't let that necessarily hold you back. Um, another drawback, like I said, Canvas does not have any spe uh, special sections dedicated to tests. Uh, so what you're looking at is making a big old quiz uh, into a test. Um, so like I said, that might not be a deal breaker, but it would be nice, at least in my opinion, if Canvas were to support quizzes and tests as distinct subgroups. Uh, certainly would help for analytics. So who is this for then? Well, in my opinion, Canvas is for those schools who want to be on the cutting edge of where LMS systems are going. Uh, like I said, this is perhaps my favorite learning management system, and my only niggle here really is that tests and quizzes are treated equally by the system. Despite the fact that they're a relatively recent newcomer to the market, i.e. 2008, um, the combination of Canvas's healthy support for open interoperability protocols and standards combined with their treatment of learning management systems as platforms rather than as, st as standalone products suggests to me that this is going to be the industry player to beat during the next wave of learning management system adoption. Um, and that wave is probably coming sooner uh, rather than later. According to a study done by the Educause Center for Analysis and Research, the average life expectancy for a learning management system once it's implemented is about eight years. Uh, and currently, one in five institutions is looking for an update to their current setup. Eight years ago uh, would have been about 2007. So, as Canvas wasn't around eight years ago, I have a feeling there are a lot of people who chose Blackboard at the time who are probably going to gravitate to Canvas uh, given its forward-looking approach and attractive user experience. Um, one final note about Canvas, something I haven't really mentioned yet, uh, is the pricing. Um, while their pricing will vary depending on the size of your institution, uh, the pricing structure is very simple. Uh, you pay a one-time fee and then you pay a monthly fee per user uh, given the size of your institution. Um, now, as Canvas is built on open standards and built uh, on an open source platform, you also have the opportunity of grabbing Canvas for yourself um, and running it on your own servers should you choose to. Uh, but depending on your level of tech savvy or um, depending on your dedication to running your own uh, learning management system server on your own, um, looking to them for support and to have them run the management system is probably your best bet. At least that's how I would do it. Um, and it sounds like um, all indications point to the fact that this is priced very competitively. So I would say that price is probably not an issue here. Um, there also are no really different tiers. So provided you pay that single one-time installation fee and then the monthly fee per student, you get all the features of Canvas. So there's no feature differentiation based on price like there is um, with something like Haiku, for example. So we've laughed. 
We've cried. We've talked about learning management systems. Uh, if you're still here with me, I really appreciate it. Um, we have one more episode left to go in which we're going to do a little bit of a wrap-up. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about where I think the future of learning management systems are going to go, um, and we'll get to say goodbye to each other. So, uh, for now, I've been Mark Morrow. Uh, this is the Learning Management System Podcast. If you would like to hear more of what I say about technology and education and pretty much anything under the sun, uh, feel free to follow me at Mark Lee Morrow on Twitter. Uh, Thank you once again. This has been the Learning Management System Podcast.